Cherry on Top is written, produced, and hosted by Matt Rebar. Chapter 5 The following morning, Cherry, Emily, and Hayes all arrived a little late to Lorraine Investigative Services. It was no simple coincidence that last night's drink count at Sylvia's was high. Claire's looking for you, Barbara muttered to the group after Cherry arrived and joined Emily and Hayes at their computers. Why didn't you say anything? I've been here for 15 minutes, Hayes questioned with a soft, furrowed brow. Because Claire didn't want just you, she wanted all three of you. Barbara rolled her eyes and returned to her game of solitaire. There were no snacks on Barbara's desk, which meant it was not a good day to mess with Barbara. It only took ten seconds for the three to enter Claire's office. Let me know what undercover gear you need. I'm placing an order, Claire said, showcasing her shopping cart that was filled with faux fur and jewelry. The Wellington family is more loaded than the Queen of England, Emily said, eyeing Claire's cart. They're going to know what real fur looks like versus faux fur. Your best bet is to just go to a thrift store in one of the fancier suburbs like Bay Village. Oh, be careful. Bay Village is quite distrustful of strangers. Cherry sighed. I was leaving this one guy's house, and the cops approached me because my car was in the street and it looked suspicious. Were the cops suspicious because they usually find you in the car with your man of the minute? Emily asked, while Cherry blushed, pleading the fifth. Does Bay Village even have a Goodwill or thrift store? Hayes sincerely asked, which caused the group to collectively think. Bay Village was one of the snobbier locations in Northeast Ohio. Bay Village was so snobby that they'd rather burn the whole city down than allow anyone with jean shorts to enter its domain. I feel like Bay Village isn't going to cater to the poor. That is true, although thrifting is in, so maybe because it's fashionable, they'd make an exception. Claire quickly dropped the fake fur and diamonds out of her cart. You're right, Emily. Faux fur would be a bad look. Both fashion-wise and undercover-wise, Cherry pointed out. Well, let me know today if you need anything so I can order it. Claire saw the twinkles in the faces of her investigators and clarified her comment. It's also for the case and not for personal use, so if you're trying to scam me, I will make you pay for it if it turns out not to be for the case. Cherry, Emily, and Hayes all let out miniature awes, but Claire powered through to her next item on the list. Also, we'll be having a morning meeting at 10 a.m. with Battery, so I expect you to be on time tomorrow morning. Battery was the nickname of Lorraine Investigative Services' IT guy, whose real name was Damian Rogers. He was a skinny, smart kid who could tell you everything you needed to know about any piece of technology. Claire had found him a couple years ago and had immediately brought him on. Battery handled everything from hacking, searching, data mining, and data searching, equipment modifiers, and equipment handling. Battery got his nickname on his first day, when Barbara asked if he was good with batteries. Fine, I'll pencil that in, Cherry softly snarled. Anything else? I have a client coming in a half hour for a standard surveillance case, Claire sighed. I'll probably have you three do it, if that's fine. And if you could get it done before Friday, that would be lovely. What's the case? If I knew, I'd tell you. Just expect to be back in this office within a half hour. Thirty-three minutes later, Cherry, Emily, and Hayes returned to sit with Claire and a new client, Miss Terraview. How can we help you, Miss Terraview? Claire asked, standing by the ready with a notepad and a fountain pen. It's about my son, Germain, Miss Terraview confessed, going from tense to spiraling. He's 18 and a senior in high school. He's always been a good kid, but lately there's been something off about him. You see, Germain's always been part of the swim team, so he'd come home late from swim practice. But his coach told me that Germain quit three weeks ago. I had no idea, and now I feel like he's up to something. I want to talk to him, but I don't want to accost him. Absolutely, Claire nodded. 
So you want us to find out what's going on with Jermaine? Where is he going after school? Why did he just quit the swim team? We can handle this, Emily nodded. We just need all the information you can tell us about your son. Two hours later, Cherry, Emily, and Hayes were at East Rocky River High School and talking to Jermaine's swim coach, Mr. Beverly. Mr. Beverly was talking back, but his eyes were studying Cherry as if he had an exam about Cherry's anatomy in the next period. I don't know why Jermaine quit. He didn't seem that upset when he quit either, Mr. Beverly lopped casually. It was clear from Coach Beverly's tone that Jermaine wasn't that great of a swimmer to be concerned with. What was Jermaine's tone when he quit? Emily followed up. Just a matter of fact, there wasn't excitement or dread. Just, Coach, I'm sorry, but I have to quit the team. I asked him why, but he just kept saying he couldn't balance it. And his grades are fine, right? Hayes continued. Yep, solid B student. Smart if he applies himself. Emily, Cherry, and Hayes interviewed a couple of Jermaine's friends, but they all weren't sure what Jermaine was up to. After getting Jermaine's friends to promise they wouldn't say anything, Emily, Cherry, and Hayes decided they'd have to tail Jermaine after school. Emily, who could blend in like a chameleon, would watch for Jermaine while Cherry and Hayes waited in Cherry's car. Emily would confirm what direction Jermaine was headed, and Cherry and Hayes would follow Jermaine. Emily would catch up later in her own car. Emily watched Jermaine walk to his car in the parking lot, texting Cherry and Hayes about it. The students were all scrambling to leave the school as if freed from prison sentences. Soon after Emily confirmed the news, Cherry and Hayes positioned themselves two cars behind Jermaine in the long, winding line, which was slowly emptying out onto the street. Emily texted, Hayes informed Cherry. She just got to her car, but she's a bit back. We're in a good position. You'd know about good positions, Hayes chuckled. And I know you wouldn't. Cherry quickly added, which soured Hayes for a second. A few minutes later, Jermaine turned right. The car in front of them turned right as well, and so Cherry and Hayes were able to turn right before oncoming traffic cut them off. Hayes continued to text Emily updates as they followed Jermaine West. Where are you going, Jermaine? Cherry muttered as he turned left. We don't know. That's why we're following him, Hayes sassed. Don't be mean, Cherry rolled her eyes. You're acting as upset as that one time you had a crush on the barista at Root Cafe, but it turned out she had a crush on me instead. I wasn't upset about her having a crush on you, Hayes cried out. I was upset that you entertained the idea and went out on five dates with her. What am I supposed to do? Turn down dates? Cherry said, appalled at the idea. I have a reputation to uphold. That reputation is like that bridge in the flats that broke because of a truck. It doesn't hold anything. Jermaine turned into a parking lot and stopped the vehicle. Cherry drove into the lot while Hayes kept his eyes on Jermaine. He's going into that pottery place, pot and the fire. Pottery? What's he doing in there? Cherry guffawed. We should send Emily inside, Hayes explained. She's as noticeable as a pen. Emily arrived two minutes later and entered pot and the fire under the guise of a parent. Emily texted the two that she didn't see Jermaine in the store. Fine, we'll send the big bucks in. Cherry immediately made her way to the door, swung it open, and entered. Hi, welcome to the pot and the fire. I'm Sasha. The receptionist smiled. Emily gave a glance over to Cherry and Hayes, unsure why they were barging in. Emily then returned to looking at a class schedule. I'm Liz, and this is my husband, Bob. Cherry lied casually. After all, Cherry did believe that undercover operations were her specialty. We are looking to make a plate. A special plate. So we wanted to see your options. Decide whether or not this was up our alley. Hayes eyed Cherry, specifically over the concept that they wanted to make a single plate. Absolutely. Let me show you our price plan. Sasha pulled out more paperwork. 
Apparently the desire to make a single plate wasn't weird in the grand scheme of pot and the fire. <clears throat> uh, could we see the place first? Hayes asked in a deeper-than-normal voice, which made Emily's mouth slash into a tighter grimace. We're visual learners? Sure, Sasha said, unfazed. Emily, would you like to accompany us on the tour? I would love that, Emily said in a voice that sounded like she didn't really care either way. Emily hadn't even bothered giving a fake name. As if giving a museum tour, Sasha walked backwards while talking about the space. They walked through the main design studio, past a couple kilns. This is where most of the designing takes place. We have two classrooms and two small collaborative spaces in the back. This wall here is where people find their paints and other design materials. And over in the corner is our little clay pile. I say little because, as you can see, it's not little. Not even undercover expert Cherry could fake laugh her way through that one. Although Cherry tried to lob a fake laugh, which sounded exhausted rather than humorous. Could we see all the classrooms in collaborative spaces? Cherry asked. All four rooms? Sasha said, a bit taken aback as if Cherry was asking to see the staff room. Yes, Cherry said, not falling for Sasha's taken aback attitude. My husband and I are not going to make our mug here until we learn who you are. I thought you wanted to make a plate. Well, I want to make a, both a plate and a mug and maybe more. Cherry countered quickly to hide her mistake. Emily released a steam of aggressive breath from her nostrils, which would make any dragon jealous. All right, let me show you the rooms. Sasha took them through the classrooms and the two meeting rooms, only to find them all empty. Cherry Hayes and Emily eyed each other. Germaine was not in any of these spaces. Well, can I help you buy time? Sasha asked, going into saleswoman mode. After excusing themselves naturally with pamphlets and phone numbers to call back, Cherry, Emily, and Hayes huddled up in the back of the parking lot. I'm confused. Didn't you see him go in there? Emily asked Hayes. I swear he did. Hayes looked at the other stores. I had my eyes on him rather than the road. Well, Germaine wasn't there, Cherry cried. I know, Hayes barked back. I was there when we went through the rooms too, you know. Well, we didn't check the bathrooms or the staff room, Emily pointed out. So what are we going to do? Five minutes later, Emily entered the pottery place again, and Sasha greeted her. You know what? I seem to have lost my keys. Emily admitted, although she didn't really appear to look as frantic as a keyless person would truly be. But Sasha was dedicated to being the best employee ever. Oh no, Sasha gasped, as if nuclear annihilation was on a 24-hour countdown. Well, let me help you. While Emily and Sasha scoured the front for keys, Cherry and Hayes broke into the back of Pot and the Fire. Broke into was a strong turn of phrase. After all, the back door was open and seemingly accessible to everyone. Although Cherry and Hayes were a bit nefarious, as a true breaker and enter would be. All right, you check the locks in the bathrooms, Cherry told Hayes as they walked down the back hallway. I'll check the staff lounge. It took Hayes five seconds to find both bathrooms empty. There was an office, but it was locked. Cherry, who was a bit ahead, arrived at the staff-only door. There was a window pane, but it only gave a view of half the room. Cherry popped open the door and looked inside. Over on the couch, she saw Germaine, who was seated next to a girl. Germaine and his mystery girl were chatting and enjoying each other's company. Cherry quickly took a couple photos on her smartphone before slowly turning around and running towards the exit. Can I help you? A voice cried out. Cherry and Hayes turned around to find a high school girl standing behind them. She looked a little confused and a little pissy, but seemed to be trying to keep her grace and composure together. Cherry realized that this was the girl who Jermaine had been seated with in the lounge. Sorry, I'm just browsing, Cherry smiled. Do you work here? I do, the girl said. 
I'm Tracy. Nice to meet you. We're just looking at a pottery place we can go to just to create a few pieces. It's a great time here. Tracy nodded. Well, let me know or Sasha know if you have any questions. Tracy turned and headed back into the staff lounge. That girl was with Jermaine, Cherry hissed. We need her last name. Hayes whispered, texting Emily to see if she could see any of the staff names on the wall by reception. Cherry and Hayes exited the back room and walked around the shopping plaza to the front. They arrived back at Cherry's car to see Emily already standing there. Tracy Beckowitz, Emily informed. The full names were on the staff schedule posted behind the desk. Did you find your keys? Hayes jokingly asked. Oh, they were on the floor by the kiln the whole time. Emily softly chuckled. I actually might look into their pottery class. Sasha was pretty persuasive. Chapter 6 One of Cherry's skills was to easily trace down people on social media, and Tracy Berkowitz was no exception. Family-friendly Facebook, a dead Twitter account, but a very active Instagram. Cherry mused while glued to her phone. The three were now back at Lorraine Investigative Services. Ew, Tracy's Instagram is one of those artsy Instagram blogs. You can't trust people with those type of Instagrams. Maybe you found your real calling, Cherry, Hayes joked. You can identify people's personality and trust levels through social media. As if your Instagram is any better, Emily rolled her eyes. Any pics of Tracy with Jermaine? Nope, Cherry confirmed. Tracy goes to East Rocky River High, just like Jermaine, except she's off doing art projects. She's not the type to be in the football field. Also, hot info, Tracy's Facebook status is set to single. I'm not surprised. Us artistic folks are hard to peg down. Us artistic folks? Emily is more skeptical than an entire conspiracy convention. I didn't know you were the artistic type, although to be fair, you're easy to peg down. I've been known to draw and paint, Cherry confessed. It's a casual hobby. Do you mean people draw and paint you? Hayes followed up while Cherry snorted. That does happen once in a while. I have a great wall full of those artistic pieces. More like porn, I imagine, than art. Emily coughed while Claire entered the room. We're almost ready for Friday. Claire looked like a robin who had the juiciest worm in the room. Let me know if you have any questions. My only question is how much cleavage should I show? Cherry asked. Should I aim to be a little slutty or very slutty? Since you're normally the latter, it might be fun to try and be less slutty, Emily suggested, while Claire switched gears. Moving on, where are we with the Jermaine case? We traced him down to a pottery store. He was in the back of the store with some high school chick. A girlfriend, perhaps? Claire asked the room at large to a I-don't-know shrugs. Well, call the mother and see if she wants to continue. Minutes later, Cherry was on the line with Jermaine's mother, Mrs. Terraview. Mrs. Terraview, can I call you by your first name? Cherry asked. No, I'm good with Miss Terraview. Okay, a little impersonal, but okay. Is there an update for me, Raspberry? It's Cherry? Cherry said with a bit of sass in her tone. Hayes, recognizing Cherry's tone as one that would escalate into pure sass, grabbed the phone line. Uh, Miss Terraview, we've successfully traced Jermaine after school today. He was with a high school girl at Pot in the Fire. Oh my gosh, she was at a weed store? Miss Terraview's voice sounded three pitches too high. No, it's a pottery store. Oh my gosh, it's even worse. What would a high school varsity swimmer be doing at a pottery place? I could think of worse things, Cherry muttered from next to Hayes. Smoking pot for one. Well, would you like us to investigate further or can you handle it from here? I'm not really the confrontational type, Miss Terryview said over the line. Cherry opened her mouth to say something, but it was Emily who clapped a hand over Cherry's mouth. Well, we could help you with that, 
Hayes said, even though his tone was a bit uncertain. He's still at the pot in the fire. We could go now. I'll see you at the pot in the fire in 15 minutes, Mrs. Terryview demanded before ending the call. Hayes, Emily, and Sherry looked at each other, a bit confused. It seemed as if they were going to confront Germaine at the pottery store. Well, that didn't seem confrontational at all, Sherry snapped. Mrs. Terryview thinks she's the nice girl lead role in the musical when she's clearly the bitch. Well, I'm glad you're finding ways to relate to Mrs. Terryview after all, Emily added in before walking out the door. If you're going to pick me up a smoothie from Pulp, that would be great, Barbara chimed in with demands. I think there's one in the same plaza as that pottery place. I suppose we could, Hayes shrugged. What smoothie do you want? Could you get me a tropical mango smoothie with whey protein and energy shot and made with apple juice instead of orange juice? Can you text me that order? Hayes said, taken aback by the fancy smoothie order. Are you sure you can't remember? Barbara looked confused as if she had simply asked for water. I could barely remember the first initial of my license plate, Hayes sighed. Oh, I know my first initial, Cherry perked up. That's because your license plate is Cherry 69, Emily cut in. I'm surprised the state of Ohio allowed that. But then again, our state government is flawed and poorly managed. Leave local government alone. Cherry swatted her hand like she was trying to shoo away a pesky firefly. I was able to get that license plate because I bribed the DMV. With what? Emily looked taken aback. It had to be cash because I don't think anyone at the DMV would be sexually interested in you. It was a 20 and maybe a little tit flash. Cherry said, well, they piled in to get to the pot in the fire and eventually pulped the smoothie place. Mrs. Terryview was waiting for them in the parking lot. Together, the foursome walked into the pottery place. Secretary Sasha looked a bit taken aback to see a whole gaggle enter, especially faces that had only been in here about an hour ago. What's going on? Sasha questioned, turning from each member of the mob. We have to be honest, Cherry sighed to Sasha. The three of us are investigators, and this stern woman is Mrs. Terryview. It took a few seconds for Cherry to land on the word stern to describe Mrs. Terryview. Stern? Sasha looked the woman up and down as if she was holding a bomb. Oh goodness, what is this about? We're here to see Tracy. Miss Terryview's tone of the name Tracy was the tone one might use to say the name of one's worst enemy. I think Tracy's hosting a class right now. Sasha said, looking around as if some fellow pottery makers were going to bail her out of this one. Instead, the couple pottery makers were spinning and forming clay. No lifeboat was coming for Sasha. Well, I hate to be the dean, but I'm going to go into that class, Cherry said. Her voice was much sweeter than Mrs. Terryview's. I don't know if you should just barge into that class. Sasha could tell that this battle was slowly being lost and was wondering how she could even try and salvage this. Do not tell me what to do. Cherry spat, as if Sasha had demanded an outrageous order. I'm going to go in there right now. Cherry barged past the reception area and arrived at the first classroom, which was empty. Emily Hayes and Miss Terryview were right behind Cherry. Sasha, unsure of what to do, trailed the group with a vibe of, what the hell should I do, plastered across her face. Clearly, Sasha's orientation and work experience had not taught her what to do in this situation. Cherry moved to the second classroom to find a class in session featuring a ton of older women. At the head of the room and teaching was Tracy. What's going on? Tracy asked of the whole SWAT team of individuals that had entered the classroom. The students of the class acknowledged the new group, but continued to grind their clay into creations. Where is Jermaine? Mrs. Terryview softly shrieked as if she was starring in a cheap remake of the movie Taken. Where's my son? 
If there had been a couple of old people who had yet to acknowledge the intrusion, all heads were up now. Some were messing up their pottery by staring at the confrontation playing out in front of them. Germain? He just left. Tracy paused. What's going on, Mrs. Terraview? And why do you have these strangers? Wait, you were here earlier. What's going on? Why did Germain quit swim club? Why was he here with you? Emily asked quietly. Most of the old folk in the room had abandoned their projects and instead tuned in for the free entertainment. Germain quit swim club because he doesn't like it. Tracy sighed. He just didn't know how to tell you he didn't like it. He knows you value his swim team status. And I'm not his girlfriend, I'm just a friend. Jermaine likes drawing and art, so we help each other on art projects. Jermaine doesn't have an artistic bone in his body, Miss Terraview argued, as if she knew every bone in Jermaine's body personally, and said bones would inform her if the information wasn't accurate. Well, how about this? Tracy held up a beautiful vase that was behind her. Your son made that vase. Miss Terraview gasped like she had been shown a porn starring her son. He, he can't have... Mrs. Terryview moaned as if her son's vase had been involved in a terrorist plot. He's a swimmer. Get over it, Tracy snapped. He's not a swimmer. Germaine is an artist. Why do we have to be so dramatic about this? Hayes questioned to the whole room. If he likes to draw, let him draw. And it's no wonder he didn't say anything, Cherry added. Mrs. Terryview, it's like you found out your son murdered someone. He did murder someone. Miss Terraview croaked. He murdered me. The room went into complete silence. You could have heard a nickel roll across one of the tables. Mrs. Terraview, maybe we should leave. Emily's voice was not of concern, but her normal level-headedness. Jermaine thinks you're not a good mother. Tracy shot towards Mrs. Terraview. Excuse me? Mrs. Terraview seemed to have sucked in the entire room's air supply. Without me, Jermaine wouldn't even have a mother. He knows he's adopted, Tracy snapped. Jermaine found the adoption papers last month in your file cabinet. The old people in the room seemed to have forgotten about the pottery altogether. Cherry and Hayes had to suck in a lot of air themselves to remain quiet. How dare he touch my file cabinet? Mrs. Terraview's priorities on the status of her file cabinet seemed odd, but fair. Well, it seems like you need to go talk to your son. Emily muttered, and so Cherry and Hayes slowly made for the door. But Mrs. Terraview had a different idea. No, Mrs. Terraview snarled. You need to arrest this harlot who is entrapping my son. Oh, we don't actually do that, Emily explained. We do investigative services. We're not actually cops. Cherry almost opened her mouth to say that they could legally do citizens' arrests. But then she remembered how much that she didn't like Mrs. Terraview and didn't feel inclined to help the woman. In the past... Cherry had arrested, detained, possibly kidnapped, and dragged individuals to justice. Some of those had occurred in the bedroom. Then I'll handle her! Mrs. Terraview rushed forward and tackled Tracy to the ground. The seniors all watched, muttering amongst themselves who was going to win. Hayes and Cherry rushed forward to grab onto Mrs. Terraview, who was rolling around the ground with Tracy in her clutches. This slut ruined my son! Mrs. Terraview told the room, as if it justified her assault on Tracy. If only it were so easy to assault people like that, Cherry thought. It doesn't sound like that to me, one of the old folks said from the pottery class turned audience. Sounds like your son's just trying to figure out himself, dear. Who asked you, you old bag? Mrs. Terraview snarled. And that's when the seniors began to throw pottery tools at Mrs. Terraview. Apparently, seniors did not like it when someone insulted one of them. Finally, Cherry and Hayes were able to grab a clay-reeking Mrs. Terraview 
The two investigators rushed Mrs. Terryview out of the room like she was a president who almost got assassinated. Emily, Sasha, and Tracy followed behind like detailed security. Tracy was lucky. She had no clay remnants from the senior citizen's attack. You're a psycho. Call the cops, Sasha, Tracy barked. No, Sasha, we can handle this, Emily said calmly, the complete opposite of Tracy's hysteria. Sasha, call the police, Tracy demanded, her voice now causing the other casual pottery makers to turn around. Sasha, no, we got this, Emily whispered, looking as if this whole thing happened all the time. It was no big deal. Sasha looked between the two girls as if she was torn between wearing a dress or pants to happy hour. We got this, Emily reiterated. Sasha, you pick up that phone now, Tracy spat. Sasha was now at the receptionist's desk, but she paused as if she had forgotten to move her laundry from the washer to the dryer. Below Sasha, glimmering as if God was shining a spotlight from heaven, was a handheld phone. It was probably one of the only handheld phones on the block. Sasha, don't waste the minutes. Emily's argument was pretty solid. Look, Mrs. Terryview is in the parking lot now. We're fine. Okay. Sasha sighed as if she was being negotiated from jumping off the ledge. I'm telling Jermaine, Tracy screamed as she went back to the classroom. Damn it, someone threw a small clay blob on my tits, Cherry sighed, wiping the blob off her sexy blouse and onto the parking lot ground. Mrs. Terraview, do you want to explain this? No, I need to go see my son, Mrs. Terraview cried out, driving off in a blind rage. Emily caught up with them. We better get out of here, Emily said to the duo. We can never step foot in that pottery place ever again, Cherry cried. Good, I wasn't planning on it, Emily said, climbing into the passenger seat. Should we go after Mrs. Terraview? I want to say no, Cherry answered immediately. We didn't get paid that much to help Mrs. Terraview anyway. We didn't even make enough money for a month's worth of pottery sessions. Cherry on Top is written, produced, and hosted by Matt Rebar. 